Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show brought to you each week, every Monday, free of charge, from your friends over at WeTalkGames.com. And guess what? It's Pac-Man! Waka, 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 waka. Give me I am all your, your power pellets. <laughs> I am your host, Kyle Von Kubik, and I'm joined along with Keith, the Robo-Duke. Ahoy, and waka, 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 waka. We're talking... Pac-Man-inspired games all month long. This week's a little odd, but I think it's Pac-Man-inspired. There's some other inspirations happening. It's Marvin's Maze, 1983, put out by SNK, and this is SNK prior to the Neo Geo that we all would come to love and all the games associated with the AVS and the MVS units. This is one of those really ugly-looking SNK games <laughs> from the 80s, it's, like it- Psycho Soldier. Oh, God, no. Uh, this is better than that. This is Really? Lit- you think this game is better than Psycho so- Soldier? I don't know. It, there's no singing in this game. Uh, that's true. Keith, why don't you describe how SNK decided to take the Pac-Man formula and flip the script and make it a little bit different? To turn it into Infinity Stairs by M.C. Escher? <laughs> yeah. You played uh, 3D Tic-Tac-Toe for the Atari 2600? I don't believe so, no. Okay, so 3D Tic-Tac-Toe had that same isometric waffle type of grid, only there were three, and you would play Tic-Tac-Toe on those boards. But if you had it in, like, the bottom corner and then in the middle, you had it in the middle, and then on the top corner, you could make the, you know, the three-way to get the win. Am I describing this correctly? Yeah, Do you know yeah. how to play fucking tic-tac-toe? No, I get what you're <laughs> saying. It's almost like zeros. three like it's three tic-tac-toe grids on top of each other. Correct. And so it's 3D tic-tac-toe. It's like, you know, 4D chess or something. Right. But it wasn't just like a hashtag. It was a like a waffle type of grid and you would put in I believe it was X's and O's. It, you know, my, my imagination kind of went wild with the game because all atari cartridges had those beautiful like oil paintings for their label art and it had like a boy and his pet dog in astronaut costume so the dog had a bubble around its head (laughs) that's like the precursor to every a board game commercial that just blows it out of proportion and makes it look crazier than it is yeah right 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 (laughs) like crossfire or something crossfire you'll get caught up in the crossfire it stuck with me for the rest of my life that song yeah, so a, a boy and his dog in space playing tic-tac-toe is what's really going on in there. With right. The, uh... So why am I talking more about 3D tic-tac-toe than Marvin's Maze? Uh, because I think you'll get more enjoyment out of that game <laughs> than playing I, Marvin's Maze. I, I was enjoying this a little more the time I spent with it in the okay. end. But, um, I, I gave it a lot of time, Keith. I gave it a lot of time. We discussed this uh, off-air, that this game is available on the PlayStation Network, and probably Xbox as well. It's under $5. It's one of these PS Minis. I wouldn't throw the $5 (laughs) toward this game. I would probably just take it offline and and play it on uh, whatever MAME application you have. I don't think SNK is going to uh, really... I don't think they care. <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to hunt you down for Marvin's Maze. Uh, Absolutely not. 
but it does fall into the old school arcade game philosophy of uh you know easy steal to, your fucking quarters well, <laughs> a little bit of that but it is also easy to pick up and understand but hard to master in the end though i do think it does have some of those uh little cheap things but i think first why don't we check in with tt for some snap stats let's Hello, I am Titish Kmoodkins, and this is Titi's Snap Stats. <laughs> Marvin's Maze was manufactured and manufactured by SNK Electronics Corp. in the year 1983. Marvin's Maze is considered, by some, to be a video game. The goal is to beat Dang up on the Matrix frame so Marvin can live more comfortably. Did you ever see that Star Trek television? That play chess on a bunch of stacked boards? Yeah, that looks a little like this. Hee hee hee. This snap stats has been brought to you by Flonagens, no longer habit-forming, limb oil. You can find all of your Flonagens limb oils where betters can be found. You Now, more of the We Talk Games. Video Power Magazine Pack Month. Waka, 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 waka. Kiss by Toilet Pac Man. <laughs> it's 40 Pac Man chess. Yeah, it's two planes in an isometric perspective. Uh, you play as Marvin, and everything was going great in Marvin's Maze. Oh, until yeah. The mm. Robinoids showed up. Yeah, those Robinoids. I'm not sure what they're here to do, but they're messing up. Marvin's time. Let me tell you something. I know what Marvin's trying to do. He's trying to make his maze great again. He is. He is. <laughs> He's trying to clear all those robinoids out. Let's start with Marvin. He's a blue thing. Blobish type of alien thing. Yes. Cutesy arcade mascot of the 80s. Obviously, they're trying to play off of Pac-Man and make something sort of, you know, Undescribable as we are having a lot of trouble now. <laughs> describing. Just the character. Just the character. Yeah, he's yeah. got like big like Hootie the Owl eyes, cute little character with little legs, no arms at all. Yeah. But uh these Robinoids come and invade, who I also think don't have any arms and are just leg robot I don't know, I have to go back and take a look. Who come invade his space and Marvin's blue, but Marvin's now gotta turn red by yes. picking up these pellets to shoot lasers at these Robinoids. A lot of companies did this, too, when they try to make their own variant on the Pac-Man formula. They would change perspective a lot, and they would also try to add power-ups, which, I mean, there is a power-up in Pac-Man, which is obviously the power pellet that changed the ghost to blue, and you can eat them. But other games would try to give some sort of, like, jump mechanic, like a game that's very similar to this, Crystal Castles. Yeah. Which had that same maze chase, collect the dots mechanic, but your defensive move was to jump over enemies now in this game you can collect these power-ups that give you the ability to shoot and yes when you have that ability you turn red and dependent on how many of those power-ups you collect is how many shots you can fire off which is really cool that it does stack those power-ups uh, unlike right. you know pac-man it's not like it extends the amount of time he's invincible if you pick up another power pellet you only get that certain amount of time to be powered up. 
Right. Well, with this, you can just pick them up and stack them as you go through waiting for the opportunity. But unlike Pac-Man maze with the, the two mazes on top of each other in, a, in, a, mm-hmm. in an isometric view, it would be called, right? Yes. Once again, you know, they're putting their little spin on the Pac-Man formula. Cause right. this, this was, what, 1983? So it's only three years after Pac-Man? Correct. And then Ms. Pac-Man was 1982, or was that 83 the same year? I no, was, I think that was ni- 1981. Really? 81. Pac-Man came, let me uh, do a little research, Keith. <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was 82. I thought that was a, a year that stuck in my brain because it's the same year the world was graced with me and Miss Pac-Man. So, I mean, great things come in pairs. Uh, it came out in 1981. Ah, there we go. I should have. I think you're thinking right. of, and I've made this uh, mistake as well. I think you're thinking of the Atari release of Miss Pac-Man, ah. which was a big deal, and I believe that came out in 1983. Although I could be wrong about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows? A lot of dates, uh, sadly, back in the day are very fuzzy, and I can see why a lot of times Wiggly likes to turn to his books and magazines and stuff for these kind of facts because they're usually a lot more correct than whatever someone's dug up and put up on the Internet nowadays, sure. sadly. Sure, sure. So we got that isometric view, the two stacked on each other, and there are elevators in the four corners, uh, each of these mazes, that allow you to traverse between the two levels and complete the level by either destroying uh, the set amount of robinoids, which is a ridiculous number. Yeah, because they keep appearing. You think, oh, I've only got four on the screen or five on the screen. Uh, Nope. You have more than that. Well, it'll say at the bottom of the screen, like, no, you have to kill 16 on the second level if you want to advance. Right. Better dead than Robinoid. (laughs) (laughs) But there's multiple ways to finish level. You could do that, which I never could do. Okay. Or you could try to pick up all the little power pellets that give you the laser ability and the regular little uh, square red pills, whatever he is uh, picking up. Right. Whatever he's eating or... Picking up or collecting, or, sure. Or, or, There's or, also um, something to consider about these two mazes is that the bottom maze, I don't believe it happens in the top. I think it only happens in the bottom, but there are oh, these the sort traps. of... You, okay, so you consider them traps. I think they're kind of like a gate mechanic that we saw in Ladybug. There's these yellow portions of track that you can move, and it will actually switch the track in different directions. So it will take Yeah, and an it's going on on both levels. It. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, top Um, and bottom. So there's a lot of good ideas here. The problem that I've found with the game is, and I I played this on the PSN because I was just too lazy to get off the couch (laughs) and boot up a MAME. So maybe you had a different experience. But I thought because this was on the PlayStation Store that the controls would be relatively good, or at least you know the programming behind this app on the store would hold up and, and it would probably be a good way to play the game. I found that the controls were extremely stiff. And like Pac-Man, Marvin is in this perpetual movement. He's always moving. And you have to navigate up, down, left, right. But it's at a diagonal. So I was using the D-pad like I think you should, not the analog stick. And I found it to be very challenging to get him to move where I wanted him to move. He would often miss the lane that I wanted him to travel down, or I would walk into a Robonoid by accident. I just found the controls to be very stiff. 
they are a little stiff and where the robinoids who uh, i take back what i said earlier they do have arms and actually really cool tank treads that they roll around the stage in yeah they're blue red and green very uh, robotron like yes very robotron like that's i knew they were reminding me of something there it is and they're and you got to say robinoids you know they just totally adapted it and made it their own the controls are stiff and i found you have to pick the direction you're going to go before you hit it and just hold it Mm-hmm. And that way, when you reach the turn, he will make the turn. Right. You've never seen me do this in real life. You've heard me talk about this, so you, you take my word for it. I'm a very good Miss Pac-Man player. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very good. I'm not one of these uh, Mitchells, okay? I'm not one of these people on Twin Galaxies. But I'm very confident in Miss Pac-Man. And my preferred speed in Miss Pac-Man with the dip switches is at the fastest speed. Mm-hmm. So... I can play this type of game. I just think what hinders it is, well, one, it's SNK in the 80s, which I love SNK. I love the Neo Geo. But in the 80s, they were very much a tertiary budget developer. Yeah, they were really just cutting their teeth at this point. Right. They certainly weren't Namco. No, no. They they certainly wish they were back in the 80s. And even a game like Crystal Castles, where you're using a trackball, I found that those games control a hell of a lot better than this game. And I think it, this game's biggest detriment is cheap AI and bad controls. Yeah, because the robots all move slightly faster than you do. Right. And uh, when you're trying to hit those turns, whether you miss it or you get a little stuck, either way, you slow down on a turn. Right. And that is where they get a chance to catch up with you. Which is how you're supposed to use those switches, the floors uh, changing out from underneath you, and that way they're right on your butt. You pass over one of these uh, switching floors, it switches to the other side, so you go across because they can't change them, and they'll drop out. And you actually get a lot of points for dropping them uh, down through a hole more than you would just for shooting them. That's right. I did do that a couple times. Very hard to do. It is. It's not easy to do. And while you do have that really cool laser power up, if you've three robinoids on your tail and you try to turn around to shoot all of them, there's not enough time to turn and hit it. The controls are, as you said, they're a little sticky. They're they're a little stiff. You do not move as freely as the robinoids seem to do, except for the fact that you can go over the traps. And the one thing that annoys me the most... Uh, is the fact that the elevators are out of your control. Right. So if I, you, This annoyed me as well. Yeah, so if you pass into one of the four corners where an elevator is, you automatically go from top to bottom or bottom to top and continue along the path that you were going since the top and bottom are exactly the same. And this is where you see a lot of the cheap AI happening because mm-hmm. the robots at the top level will all of a sudden swarm into those corners. So as you're traveling up the elevator, which doesn't happen as quick as I would like it to happen, no, they're no, all no. gathering in that corner to bite your butt as soon as the door is open. Yeah, as soon as you pop up, they're already on there. It seems to time it up absolutely perfectly as if a computer <laughs> knows exactly <laughs> what it's doing. Right. I wish the controls weren't as stiff because... I can see someone becoming really good at this. I There's can, a lot of good ideas here. Yeah, it, it just it's, the execution is it falls flat. No, the funny thing is it does share weird similarities to. I wanted to try to find this out, but I don't think anyone's written an article on it or, or done the extensive research to 
find games about other people invading a character's space who then needs to kick them all out. Oh, man, this sounds like a dissertation paper you need to write. Because this has it, and it's also the plot of Angry Birds. Yes. And the plot uh, of the Angry Birds many movie. many games in between these two. Yeah, well, I mean, Mar- I was like, well, Mario's red, too. But, no, he goes because someone kidnapped someone he cares about, and he's invading their space. So that's not right. the same thing. But having heard about the Angry Birds movie and then playing this game and the time of this recording, it's all like, oh, this is a little uncomfortable right now, you know, when Angry Birds is about the pigs invading the bird's space in the movie I'm speaking of. Yeah, And sure. one bird's like, this isn't good. This is bad. They're planning something. And then, of course, it turns out there is. They're, and they all have bombs, and they're going to blow up. <laughs> like, what the hell kind of propaganda are we selling to our children? And I'm like, oh, we were selling it in the 80s, too. Little Marvin's yeah, like, how dare the, you, Robinoids, invade my maze? The 60s and 70s are no better. This has always been a trope with many forms of media. The foreign invader, either from outer space or across the shore or wherever. Yeah. Um, it's nothing new, and it's not going to go away anytime no. soon. It's a very easy trope to use in a video game. What's happening? bad guys why because they're here you know what i mean like because they're different and they're robots and they have tank treads and they're gonna run us over i think it's interesting you touched on though like mario being the quote-unquote invader in the mushroom kingdom Uh, one could say the same thing with frenzy or berserk right because it seems like the little human man is the guy who is the outsider in this world of robots yeah i mean what's his goal is he trapped or is he trying to I mean, steal something from them? I would argue that we could get hypothetical, but in the end, they were like, <laughs> score the most points. That's his goal. Duh. Yes, exactly. Which I think is the same thing in this game. The yes. plot is essentially a sentence. Yes. But <laughs> that, once again, is all the info. Yeah, but once again, that's all the info I could re- we could really dig up on this game was like, there's Marvin, and those Robinoids invaded, and you need to get rid of them. And then it's like, and here's the points based on stuff, blah, blah, blah. It is taking our jibs! <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come in our maze. And, but, you know, thankfully, he has these gates yeah. that only Marvin can get through, but those Robinoids don't have the proper paperwork to make it through. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, so we touched on what we liked. We touched on what we didn't like. And we touched on games uh, that it's similar to. Did I miss any games that you got notes of? Games that we could tell the listener, hey, it's kind of like this. I mean, we, you know, we touched on Robotron. We touched on Pac-Man, obviously. I got a little bit of 3D tic-tac-toe in there. Actually, you know what? It does remind me of something later on, thinking of the traps. and stuff. A little bit of Load Runner, actually, like Load Runner 3D, like... Just hmm. the constant running from enemies and trying to get them to run into traps and stuff like that. Like, that's a little bit of that. It's just a game where it could have been really good. It has a lot of really cool ideas that I don't know if a lot of other games picked up on afterwards. But certainly the comboing in the game. I like the fact that if you have more Robinoids lined up and shoot through them with the laser, because laser penetrates them, you gain yeah. more points. And that was another thing I was trying to be like, what sort of games also do that? And I'm like, I'm playing too many story-driven games beyond these arcade <laughs> games. And if I want to find that, it's probably, you know, on the phone where, like, if you tap these five things in a row fast enough or line up the Tsum Tsums, and you, then you get the most points. That laser shot is very satisfying when you get it off. But yes. there is a delay when you shoot it. 
which I found, again, another frustration with the game. I'm Here's a Robinoid. I'm trying to shoot it in the face. And, oh, Marvin just isn't quick enough with his shot. No. Where his shot's coming out of, I have no idea. It's making the computer more versatile than you beyond the fact I can block them in these gates. You know, right. They can't operate these. But other than that, they're totally faster than you and totally have the advantage over you. I do like the sound in the game though. It does have the nice, you know, smoky filled arcade room sound that laser beam has a great canon oh, I don't know. It's it's a lot of these sounds are familiar. They seem like they pulled them from maybe some other boards or something like that. Um Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's not exceptional, but it's definitely competent for the title and it definitely has this nostalgic feel about it of what you think a video game should sound like from the 80s the bleeps and bloops and buzzer type of meow type of things that you know you would hear a lot when you would be walking through an arcade in the uh the 80s and early 90s so uh keith i'm not returning to this game it sounds like you would a little bit it is something that i didn't get to spend as much time with as i wanted to and mm. the more i spent with it the more i Felt like I was getting a handle on it. I was kind of uh, bashing my head against the wall on level three. It was the the one level I couldn't seem to get past. Oh, Keith, I didn't even know there was more than two levels to this game. What? I got all the way to level four, actually. <laughs> I'm joking. I couldn't get past two. Oh, man. Yeah, no, and the maze starts changing. It starts getting a little more complex. Definitely doesn't get any easier. They start throwing a lot more Robinoids at you. They start upping the amount of pellets. You right. have to pick up as the game goes along. Uh, sadly, I don't even think there's any info on how many levels there are. There actually is not, because who knows if anyone has even made it through this entire game. So, Well, I, I have one pro player tip written down. It doesn't say how many levels there are, but it says if you complete the game under an hour, that Marvin actually removes his bikini at the end. Ooh, nice. Yes. Oh. oh, wait, I think that's a, a false rumor put out for Metroid, was that? <laughs> fake yeah. news, Kyle. Sorry, sorry. How dare you? We all know the real ending is he kicks all the Robinoids out, blasting the rest with the lasers, and then he builds a nice big wall around the maze because, as you can see in the game, the maze has no walls. So true. he gets a nice wall up around the maze, no more Robinoids. Everything's a, fine. A million people come out to celebrate him. Yes, and then Marvin dies alone in his bed. <laughs> or in jail. Who knows? We'll see what happens to Marvin. We'll see what happens to <laughs> uh, So another great entry into uh, the third annual pack month. Wow. Uh, let's wrap this up with a one-sentence review. I'll start. Marvin's maze, its parts are greater than the sum of its whole. That was way too good. That's a real good. review. Yeah, it, because I, I do think there's a lot of great ideas in here. It just didn't come together for me. Mm-hmm. You should have wrote something down, Keith. Yeah, I should have written something down, and yours was also, like, way too good, and I completely forgot about it because I was so obsessed with, like, oh, what sort of metaphor can we draw here? We got my one-sentence review that I totally wrote down days ago. All right, let's hear it. Like three-dimensional chess, Marvin's Maze takes the dedication of a crazed Star Trek fan to master. Oh, very good. 
All right, well, let me remind everybody to please review our show on whatever service you download it from, whether that's Stitcher Radio, iTunes, one of those weird Russian sites. Give us stars, give us likes, give us reviews. It does help propagate the show, believe it or not. I know every podcast you listen to asks you to do it. It's because it actually makes a difference for all of us. So if you like the show, please do it. Also, share it with a friend. Tell a friend about the show. That helps, too. Word of mouth is great. You go on Twitter, you go on Facebook. Hey, this show, it makes me happy each week, and I think it'll make you happy, too. That goes a long way. We are on Twitter, at We Talk Games. We're on Facebook. And, hey, uh, some exciting news coming up. This August, we're actually going to record a live show with an audience at a video game convention. More information on that as it happens. Oh, man. That's heavy, man. You expect us to do this in front of people? Yes. Wear a diaper. <laughs> so for Keith the Robo Duke, I'm Kyle Von Kubik, and this has been the second week of the third annual Pack Month. Do some waka wakas with me. We'll talk at you next week. Power pellets. Dip them in some chocolate sauce. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like we got to find another Pac-Man episode to review at some point. I'm glad I didn't stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>
What? What? <laughs> Donna. Take it away, Donna. Oh, boo, boo, boo. Damn it. Come on, reach your pressing goals. Who knows how to play computers? It's radio. I don't care, I get paid by the hour. <laughs>